It's kind of like hardware or software. You know what I mean? It's kind of hard to put in the words. Nowhere. Almost like I can't fail. I kept saying that to myself a year ago when we were getting this off the ground. I was like, I cannot fail. I know too many people in this city who need this space. There's no way I can fail at this. And so um, basically I was just telling the universe, look, I'm not failing, (laughs) you know. Julie Hunter is a professional photographer and the owner of the Hunter Studios in Marietta, Georgia. The Hunter Studios is an open warehouse rental space that also offers photography and videography services, education, and social events. Julie and I discuss boudoir photography, photographer etiquette, why it's important to provide a safe space for creatives and talent. So you were saying something about having all this podcast stuff. So tell me about that. <laughs> Julie Hunter, how are you? Thank you for coming. Hey, Ryan Pethel. Um, so I'm, uh, when I first got the business started, I almost like immediately, like two months later, I bought like everything. Like mm-hmm. to do podcasts? Know, yeah. Like podcast equipment with the arm and the whole, I got the headphones and everything. Mm-hmm. I got a great mic, like a, Blue something. I can't remember the name of it. Blue Yeti. Yeah. A blue Yeti. Yeah. Yeah, That's um, a good one. Yeah. And so I thought, well, I'll do this while I'm waiting on the paperwork to get the studio open. And I just got so busy doing other stuff to get the studio open. I just, it just sat in the corner and it's just sat in the corner and stared at me the whole time that I've been here. Like I'm still here. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So, so you want to start a podcast, but you just opened a business not too long ago. And for the record, you did, uh, my wife and I's wedding. So you were the, you were the photographer for our wedding. Um, you've done that for, or you've been a, a professional photographer for about 20 years, right? Over 20 yeah. years. Yeah. And um, you did amazing work. Not, uh, you don't really hear a whole lot of stories where someone keeps in contact with the, with your wedding photographer. Right. Like, you know, what is, how, what has it been like six years now? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you should know better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you're especially me and your wife. We we definitely share a lot of funnies on uh, Facebook and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, by the way, I have that same shirt. You're wearing a Dunder oh, really? shirt. Yeah, I have I that have same exact shirt. Office shirts. I went with this one. Other than the, I have the uh, assistant to the manager. Nice assistant yeah. to the regional manager. <laughs> well, that was absurd. <laughs> nice. Um, so, so let's talk about, let's talk about what you do now. So you, so you've been a photographer for, you know, two decades now, and you've just recently moved into this very unique space of photography, which is boudoir. Right. Well, not recently, but so So tell me. Yeah, the studio yeah. is super new, but the boudoir I've actually done almost as long as my other photography. I'd say maybe like really, years. yeah. I did not know that. Okay, yeah. So that's is that. It's a very interesting. It's a very interesting. Um, I don't even know sector of uh, photography. Genre is what genre. We genre? Yeah, I'm not a photographer. I'm not a photographer. So I don't know the term. Yeah, <laughs> but it's very beautifully intricate, right? It's very intimate. It's uh, right. it's it's beautiful artwork. Like I was, I was just doing a little bit of research uh, before our conversation on boudoir. Um, and Albert author Allen, have you heard of this guy? Um, kind of rings a bell. So I think that he was one of the first people back in the day, like um. Back in the early 1900s, where he started doing the boudoir photography and stuff like that, and it was um, very taboo, obviously back then, 1916 and stuff like that. But um, but boudoir is not new; like, it's been around for forever, right? Oh yeah, yeah it, for sure. It, and so, um, before we get into your your studio, because I definitely want to talk about that. There's a lot of interesting things around the studio that you just opened uh, last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I I have a couple questions. So why, why did you choose to get into boudoir photography? And do you still do weddings? Um, which the faster answer is the weddings. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I retired right before 
everything happened with COVID um, in 2020, I decided um, the reason I decided to retire from weddings is because uh, I had like two back-to-back weddings, one in December and one in January, like December 2019 and then January 2020. Um, Both weddings of people that I truly love. It was like one of my dear friends, uh, daughter's wedding. I had done her son. So clearly I had to do the the daughter's wedding. Um, and I mean, I love doing, I love weddings. I mean, I love doing you, you guys' weddings. I love being a part of the day. The problem is, is that it takes so long to process the pictures after because there are thousands of images and, um, Mm. You know, I was taught to shoot all day, you know, while you're at the wedding, not to put your camera down and just wait for something to happen. Like you're supposed to be capturing everything like a photojournalist, you know. And mm-hmm. so that's great, except for the fact that you have like, you know, 6,000 images to scroll through and see which ones came out. Right. Yeah. So that takes, you know, a good chunk of your life away. And um, I just really in order for it to make sense for me, I would have to charge double so I could pay someone to edit that. So basically those two weddings I was talking about, I wound up coming out of pocket because I did hire someone to edit for me and I wound up paying more out to get all that edited than I got paid for. Um, So after that happened, I was like, I think it's time, you know, for me to focus on other things. And, you know, I have done a wedding since then. And, um, I do weddings that are like, if they don't require me to, to edit for them, mm-hmm. um, I'll do that. Like for instance, say you were a photographer and you had a wedding that you needed to do, but you're going to be out of town. You're like, Hey, can you go cover this for me? They'll obviously trust me. I've done it for 20 years. I know what I'm doing. And then I'll give them the pictures. They edit them. So that's cool with me. Um, that's not such a life suck, you know? And plus it's yeah. way less responsibility. So yeah. But um, and that's anyway, a, I thought that's, it was going to be a short answer, but apparently it wasn't. <laughs> no, it's okay. That That's one aspect about photography that people don't really see. Yeah. They think that, um, you know, all photographers do is just point and shoot and then hand over the photo, photos like the next day. Um, yeah. So what? So that, that would be uh, a lot of time going through 6,000 photos. And then oh, yeah. you mentioned editing. So... Do you have to edit them? Can you just give them the raw photos or why would you, why do you need to edit them or or kind of what's the professional thing to do around that? So there's two, two ways to look at this. So like, if you're asking me personally, I like to put my look on all the photos. So if you're hiring me, you're obviously hiring me because you like how I take photos. If I were to hand you photos straight off of my camera, that wouldn't necessarily like, Yes, it's going to be angled the way that Julie would take a photo, but it might not necessarily be edited the way that I would do that. So yes, I would want to touch each every and every photo. It doesn't mean that I'm going to spend like an hour per photo, mm-hmm. but I definitely want to make sure that the light's correct in every one of them and, and all that. So yeah, it does take quite a while to get through um, all of them to edit them all. Okay. So that's kind of like you putting on your signature touch to every photo kind of letting them know, Hey, this is my artwork. Um, this is my, like, this is what I do. Here you go. This is what you're paying me for, as opposed to just someone else coming in there, taking a, taking a shot with an iPhone or whatever. And then, you know, text, texting it to you. (laughs) Right. You know, I mean, it, it's funny because like, um, I never get really offended when people don't choose me as a photographer. They go with somebody else. Um, particularly like if it's a style thing, like I'm like, why would I get mad about that? <laughs> I mean, yeah. like I'm not going to choose someone just based on the fact that, Hey, I know Julie, I'll hire her. Like sometimes I do get that. Like sometimes I'll get hired because they trust me. I'll deliver. They know I'm going to show up. I'm not going to flake out. I'm not going to get drunk at their wedding, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, photographers are getting drunk at people's weddings. <laughs> yes i do <laughs> do i do i know these people uh, i don't think you do <laughs> okay i mean it's funny because like um there's a lot of weddings that i do where i know the people that are getting married like intimately know them like it's i used to call myself the photographer's photographer because i did a bunch of photographer's weddings 
And mm. so like they would very often say, Hey, you know, I want you to do the wedding, but please feel free to be a guest too. And of course, mm-hmm. like I never took a drink until I was done because I was like, I don't feel right about like consuming yeah. alcohol. At the same yeah. time, I'm trying to like, I don't be leaning against the wall to like <laughs> try to take a picture. So, um, but yeah, you know, it, it happens. Like not everybody's um, as professional as uh, they are supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I get it. I can, I can also understand how some people kind of get lost in the moment, especially if they're very close friends or family. But at the end of the day, you're hired for for a reason, right? To capture those moments, and you'd rather be sober to capture those moments than than not. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so I have another question. Um, so, um, I I don't think we answered the why boudoir. I guess, yeah, yeah. Um, so when I was just starting out, I was practicing on models um, all the time. And, uh, you know, they wanted pictures. I wanted to practice. We just kind of did what's called a trade for pictures, which is a TFP. Mm-hmm. And I found them on uh, modeling sites and stuff like that. I actually hooked up with a makeup artist that was also starting out. So we all kind of like helped each other out, build our portfolios. And so I was kind of taking those type of photos without that boudoir title um and then it kind of popped up somewhere about boudoir and i was like oh i'm kind of already doing that and so i was like maybe i should try to do this on like real women or like paying clients kind of thing Mm -hmm. and so i um booked out a hotel for a weekend and invited ladies to like basically book times it's called like a marathon so you do like woman after woman after woman after woman so like I booked out a couple of uh, sessions and the very first woman that booked me was a lady that was married to a guy that I went to school with. I had no relation, you know, like I, we never spoke. I just remember him mm-hmm. and she booked me. And then about a week prior to the session, she got really nervous and she wanted her money back and she wanted to back out of it. Mm-hmm. And so I gave her a promise. I said, look, if you don't like your photos, if you don't like the experience, I will not only give you your photos, but I'll give you your money back too. And so she came short story, basically after the session was over, before she even got the first photo from me, she pulled her car over on her way home and wrote up this long testimonial about how I made her feel at ease. And like, she was super nervous before. And this was something that she always wanted to do, but she, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, all this stuff, like she gushed over me and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I, I really felt like, okay, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to do that more. Like I want to find women who are, you know, they're uh, not necessarily introverted, but like, um, they need to come out of a shell. They need to feel beauty that's inside. They need to, they need someone to gush over them kind of thing. And so, um, and even though I know some people are like, that's what husbands are for That's what boyfriends are for. It don't happen like that. (laughs) (laughs) Not everybody uh, treats their women the same way. So, Mm. um, and for that reason, actually, one of my policies is that uh, boyfriend or husband actually has very little to do with the sessions. I actually make them stay home unless they're actually a part of it where I'm shooting the both of them together. And the reason for that is because... um, Unfortunately, over the years, I've learned that some people, even best friends, by the way, not just husbands or boyfriends, but girlfriends can be in the room and critique them the whole time, like cut Mm. them down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's like, you love this person. Yeah. Why would you, (laughs) why would you talk to them like that? And that's beyond me because I'm just, I don't know, I'm a super cheerleader kind of personality. I like to cheer people on, hype them up and gas them up and. I just don't understand people that talk like that. So, <laughs> so, so for people who don't really know, and I, I did kind of preface, I tried to, I, I took a shot at explaining what it is from a photographer's point of view. And for people listening who don't necessarily know what boudoir is, what, what exactly is that type of photography? Um, the easiest way to describe it is like intimate portraiture. It's like photos that are just really intimate. It shows like a very vulnerable side of you. Um, it really, you know, every client that I shoot, I always ask them before, like, you know, what kind of mood are you wanting to present in these photos? Are you 
want to really come out of your show, you know, show the dark side or whatever, or you just want it like nice and romantic and pink and whatever, you know, just let me know what you're going for there. And then we gear the session toward that. And so it winds up being part session and part therapy because there's a lot of women that walk out and they are moved. (laughs) I I think that that's a, I think that that's a very brave and courageous thing to do to allow, not only allow women to have a platform in which they can be vulnerable, but also express themselves without fear. Um, to give that to someone, I think, is beautiful. I think that it's something that we all need as human beings to try to bring us a little bit more closer together as humans, saying, hey, I got your back. You know, I'm with you. Let me help you yeah. through this. And this is something that we can go through together. I think that that's incredibly amazing. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, so, um, so the, uh, so who are, who are some of your, well, let me ask you this first. Uh, or oh, my wife has some questions, I think. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, um, I think we went over, oh, one of the things is tipping. So is it customary to tip a photographer? Because some people, like there's some situations in which people aren't necessarily aware where tipping is appropriate. Is photography one of those spaces? Um, so I have kind of a rule of thumb in life about tipping is that if, if there is a way to tip someone, no matter what service they do, then I tip them if that makes sense. And especially in any type of service industry, any type of service industry, because um, I don't know, I think it's just a way of saying, Hey, I really liked what you did for me. You you know, let me, you know, you went above and beyond, let me go above and beyond. Like, yes, this is the invoice amount. But I mean, it's just like when you get your hair done or, you know, your nails done or whatever, you don't walk away without tipping. I mean, you just, I I don't, you know, it's just a, that's just the way I was raised. <laughs> okay. Well, there you have it, folks. Tip your photographers. <laughs> uh, and then we talked about the raw files. I think that was a question. Um, yeah. And, okay. So last question before we get into your actual workshop um, uh, or your, your business where you do workshops and a lot of other things. Uh, who are some of your influencers that you've had over the years that have inspired you to um, become the photographer that you are or the person that you are? Um, so it's not going to be anybody that anybody knows, except if you're in Atlanta. <laughs> but um, I would say the people that most influenced me are the people that got me where I am. Like um, my mentor that started me out in photography, uh, she definitely showed me the creativity side of photography and how to really listen to people and give them what they want instead of being some cold, stiff business person. And this is what I'm going to do. It's not like that at all. It's more, it's a very personal service. You know, it's not like going to target and buying a shirt and you pay for it and you leave. It's that's cold. You know, that's not a, um, a personal uh, service. I feel like photography is very intimate, no matter what kind of photography it is. If it's weddings, I'm definitely all in your business all day on your very most important day of your life. Right. Mm-hmm. Hopefully mm-hmm. the one day. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm laughing. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. <laughs> but like, uh, but yeah, so, you know, it, you, you have to be a certain personality to make all that fit. Right. You can't just go in and be like, this is my job and I take great photos and you're going to pay me well. And, uh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> okay. Um, so, so, um, so let's talk about your business, uh, the Hunter studios. So mm-hmm. talk to us a little bit about what that is and what you do there. Um, basically the Hunter studios is a rental house for all creatives. Um, and also we do like small events there as well. So I've had like gallery openings. I've had like birthday parties. Um, we're going to have a small wedding there in October because it's my daughter's wedding. Um, Aww, and then congratulations yeah, right. to her. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm so old. Um, but anyways, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we, um, basically for years, um, especially when I, Oh, 
you were asking me who influenced me. So my mentor, that's what I dropped off on my mentor. And the reason I thought about it was because um, I went and worked at a camera rental company and the owner of the camera rental company had like, we were in a very tiny office when we first started. And now he has locations in Atlanta, Dallas, and DC. Mm -hmm. And he came from Venezuela, um, very good business minded dude. And I bounced stuff off of him all the time. And, Right before I left there, we were actually looking for a studio to open together. So that's kind of mm. segue into the Hunter Studios. Sure. But um, we looked all around Atlanta trying to find, um, you know, a place that made sense as far as like overhead and that sort of thing. And I know even if you don't live in Atlanta, I'm sure you understand that the locations right in Atlanta were just so expensive. Like it just really you couldn't make money, you know. Yeah. Uh, renting those spaces. And so um, we kind of put that on the shelf for a little bit and then I wound up moving away. So three years later, I moved back. Um, I wind up managing a studio for someone else for a brief time. Um, and kind of in that brief time, I created a business plan for that studio that wound up not working out right around the time of COVID. Mm. And then just as the doors were kind of reopening in Georgia, I started looking for a place for myself. Mm. Um, And then I found this great space. It was kind of too good to be true. And back when I was Mm -hmm. doing the research for like where the money was and overhead and pricing, I was like, it was half the cost of anything that I'd saw in Atlanta. I had its own private parking lot. I mean, there's just so many things about it that really... Uh, stood out to me. And um, there's a place in Atlanta that's really popular for creatives called the Atlanta goat farm. And it's Mm -hmm. everything the goat farm is, but with air conditioning. So it's like, it's private, you know, you're not sharing it with hundreds of other creatives. It's not like a commune. It's a standalone building. It's really great. So as soon as I was able to, I secured a lease with them and started basically painting and renovating and getting it ready for, to be open. Um, it's just something that I've dreamt of doing for a long time because I like to teach. It was a place that I could teach. It's a place that I could do my own shoots. And then I wanted to turn around and make it a, like a revolving studio for other photographers and creatives and revolving in the sense of it's never stagnant. Like my, my funny favorite thing about photographers who come in after being like they came in when I first was opening and now they've come in again. They're like, what else are you going to do this place? Like it like looks completely different. I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I want. (laughs) I want it to look different. Like I don't want it to look the same every time you come in. I want you to be able to just transform it into whatever you want. And I think it's amazing when I see people come in and rent it and they shoot stuff in there. And I look and I go, that's really cool. Use my space to do that. And I'd never even would think to do that. So that's really cool. So that's, that's that's the cool part about it for me. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's in uh that's in Marietta, right? Yeah. It's like one mile from the square, super close to the square. Oh, that's awesome. The square is a super hip place. I really like. Yeah. Square. A lot of movies have been shot over there. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so why do you, I think we kind of touched on this a little bit. Uh, why is it important to have a safe space for creatives? Well, actually, we talked about why it's important to have a safe space for models. I mean, in and in some extent, we can consider them as creatives as well. Um, yeah. But let's talk about the photographers that come in um, or the artists that come in. Um, why is it um, important to create a safe space for for the artists that book some time in your studio? Um, I think you probably talking about the wording that's on my website. Cause I definitely that's put right. in there in this space. Um, I think, <laughs> it, it probably stems from uh, the fact that I ran a safety group for 10 years um, in the industry mm-hmm. and the safety group focused on keeping not only models safe, but also photographers like safe and teaching them how to be moral uh, in mm-hmm. this industry, because it's really easy to slip down a s- slope of, um, I don't know how to say it, (laughs) being kind of creepy or immoral or just doing it not for professional reasons. I don't know why, but this industry is full of people that grab a camera and start taking pictures and they take advantage of girls and, um, or models in general, it doesn't have to be girls, but 
Um, so out of my heart of that background, I wanted to create a space that would be safe for everyone involved. And so, um, because of my history with the safety group and I'm a loud mouth on Facebook and everybody kind of knows that I feel like, um, the people that come to rent from me or hear about it, they feel safer. They know that it's a safe space. I don't allow people that I know who are predators to be in my studio. Um, I have never really had that problem. I just, I feel like I have a nice little barrier of um, protection there. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Um, and not to get these uh, creepy people um, much uh, of a platform, really, but I do want to touch on that just a second, for a second. The fact that you are a, a female business owner, right? Mm-hmm. You're a business owner first. You happen to be female. That makes <laughs> that makes uh, <laughs> that makes it a very safe. Do you feel like that that makes it that much more safe for other oh, creatives sure. and art and models coming in? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, even like, um, even my clients that are, you know, boudoir, especially like the, you know, when they find out that it's a female, um, because my boudoir is naturally boudoir. So it doesn't necessarily say, Oh, this is a female, but like once right. they find out that I'm a female photographer, they're, you know, almost instantly, like also another level of, and not that there's not safe male photographers out there. I don't want to discount right. all right. of them. Um, uh, and there's definitely unsafe female photographers as well. Um, so, but, uh, but yeah, I do, I agree with you that like, once they see that I'm a female business owner, um, that they do feel like an extra layer of safety in the, in the building. That's good. I mean, it's awesome that you're doing this studio. This was, it's, it, it blows my mind that something like this exists because I've never even heard of a studio like this happening. Like people come in. Um, you have all this space and all these props for uh, artists to take advantage of and models to take advantage of, and you you rent space out, and then you have subscri- monthly subscriptions if need be, um, mm-hmm. and then you have events. Um, it, it's like in my mind, it was when I first heard about something like this. It was almost like a WeWork. Um, not yeah. saying that you ever heard of a WeWork. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it it's was like a almost, shared office mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's like a shared office space where, you know, people came into work and collaborated or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I, I thought that that was, it was, that was a great uh, a great idea, the WeWork thing, because there was a, a Netflix special on it. Um, but they went oh. under, not saying that you're going to go under, but um, <laughs> I think they went bankrupt. That not wishing like that on you. Yeah. <laughs> but it reminded me of that, of that. And I think that it was such a good idea where you just kind of bring people together um and just kind of give them the the space and the playground really to venture out and do their things and be creative and um and just kind of collaborate i think that that's amazing especially in a place in around atlanta because atlanta is filled with so much culture and Mm -hmm. just diversity um so many different perspectives Yes. yes, so many different so many different perspectives when it comes to art live in Atlanta. You have I mean anywhere from hip hop artists to obviously photographers, painters, dr- um, you know, there's a lot yeah. of films, you know. So talk to me about a little bit. So talk to us a little bit about the creative aspect. Like who what type of people do you see coming in and what type of people do you do you like to hang around? Um, obviously you don't want to hang around duds who don't want to do anything with their lives because you're a go-getter, <laughs> but talk to, talk to me a little bit about that. Um, yeah, it's funny. So, um, I'm all, I am the network queen of Atlanta. I love to bring people together. And when I say that, it's not just about me hanging out with them or whatever. It's like when someone, I love to be able to, if you say to me, Hey, Julie, I got this really cool sports car that I bought and I would really like some cool photos of it. I know that's not your bag. And I'd be like, wait, I know the guy. Like, that's exactly who I am in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Like I love connecting people together that, you know, I don't take every gig that comes along. I don't specialize in babies. I don't specialize in food or cars or whatever. What I specialize in is what I specialize in. That's it. (laughs) And -hmm. like after 20 years, I'm like, it's okay to go, Hey, this guy over here, he would do a much better job and he would do a bang up job, not just a good job, but like a bang up job for you. And, 
And so like, um, that's my favorite thing about being in Atlanta, um, is that I am quite well connected in the creative community because of, um, from the get go, I just started building my own network on top of being in a huge community of photographers with Atlanta photographers guild. Um, and then working at Aperture where we rented out cameras. So I would literally see hundreds of thousands of photographers come in the door, filmmakers, videographers, everybody would come in the door. Um, and so now that I own this business, it's like, it's almost like I can't fail. I, I kept saying that to myself a year ago when we were getting this off the ground, I was like, I cannot fail. I know too many people in this city right. who need this space. There's no way I can fail at this. And so um, basically I was just telling the universe, look, I'm not failing, <laughs> you know? So, um, but yeah, that's, um, that's, you know, my part of the creative community and trying to bring them together and not just, you know, a box of photography. Like I love, like there's been film shot there. There's been lots of music videos shot there. Um, you were asking like, who are the people that I hang out with? Um, my very small circle of people that I kind of associate with all the time are all business owners. They're all, like you said, they're go-getters. They have high energy. Um, you know, they have a very, um, persistent, blunt, um, they don't sugarcoat things. Yeah. You know, I like to go to people and ask them for opinions that are going to give it to me straight and not go, Oh, Julie, you're great. You know, like, sure. Right. I've got like a hundred people that I could go to and they'd be like, Oh, you're really great. You're really awesome. Yeah. Um, that's not what you need all the time. You need somebody that says, no, you're a dummy and you need to change this. <laughs> you know, like this is not yeah. smart now. You know, it's like, um, <clears throat> and plus we're all, our mission is all the same thing. We're all business owners. We're all trying to strive to do the right thing. And, and everybody's excited for me and my circle that what I'm doing and they're all doing their own business and we support each other. And it's amazing. And some of those are even other boudoir photographers and we share clients or, you know, say, Hey, I can't take this one. Can you take that one? So, um, I have, you know, there's no jealousy in me about the industry. You know, I have, there's mm. plenty of people in Atlanta for, you know, clients and whatever. I've, I've never had a problem getting a client. So. <laughs> well, I, I think that that's because that you're, you have an expertise in connecting people. Like it's kind of like people over profit. I think I've mentioned that, uh, that phrase before in another, in another episode, but it's a really important principle to live by, you know, people over profit profit is that you value people and the connections that we make with each other and how yeah. we can progress forward together, uh, whether it's in art or whether it's in business or just social, you know, social settings. It's like we care about connecting more with one another than we do with trying to, um, you know, maybe appease one another or maybe try to, um, you know, make money really. I mean, making money is important. You got to, you got to feed yourself, <laughs> but it's all about connecting. I, th I think that that's really awesome. That's really cool. So what kind of events do you guys have going on at the studio? So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of circle back to answering okay. again, my third person of influence and okay. answer that why I have okay. events. Um, mm -hmm. so I was telling you that I'm a part of a huge group of people called, um, the Atlanta photographers guild. Well, the guy who started that Mark Turnley is the one who he helped me, uh, realize how, you know, a network is really valuable. And mm -hmm. so through his group, I've actually became friends with several people and, uh, the APG or the Atlanta photographers guild met every other Tuesday. I think when we first started, when I first started, it was like every other Tuesday or once a month on a Tuesday. But basically what we do for a couple of hours is go to a, a pub, which is funny. Mm -hmm. um, it was the Elliott street pub in Atlanta. And they had like this area where we could take pictures and we'd bring models out. We drink a beer and just kind of hang out. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever where that you could just hang out real chill. Like there's no pressure to take this perfect photo. And then you could learn stuff. Like also they had, um, I'm going to, talk a little gear right here, but like they had sure. things like pocket wizards and I never heard of a pocket wizard, like to tell someone who's not a 
pro- uh, a photographer, they'd be like, a pocket wizard is like magical. Like what's happening in your pocket? Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like, no, no, no. It's like lighting stuff. And so like, if you've never touched any of that stuff and then you get to go to this place and you're getting to like experiment with all this stuff without having to buy it, that's huge. Yeah. So that's what I do at my place. So now segueing back over to um, the Hunter Studios, so once a month, I host a social event where basically um, we're not quite at the at the beer part yet, but, <laughs> um, but we do have like, I'll provide a male model and a female model. And then I'll also do all the setups like lighting and all that stuff. And so I've had people, I mean, like you can go on my Instagram right now and read the last, one of the last comments was this guy saying, I'm actually very inspired by just coming into your studio and seeing the different way you would set things up and then seeing your photo come out of it and go, wait, I didn't even see that until you posted your photo. Like, that's what she got out of that. Like my picture looks completely different. I'm like, yeah, that's the whole point. Like, (laughs) you know, I set it up, but then you do it your way and I do it my way. And then we both come out with what we want, you know, but he said that it just really shows him like the different perspectives of, you know, how you can use like the same setup, two different people can come away with two different things. And so that's the whole point of the events is really just to kind of, um, it's the network, the photographers and the models together um, most of the time, the models that I use are new to the scene. And so they need to get connected with other people to get work. And sometimes the photographers are super new and they need to build their portfolio. So they hire the models after the event. So it's, I, I definitely have seen them go on to build outside of the meeting. Um, and definitely people have actually improved since the first one that we start, you know, the first meeting that we had, which was in October uh, of last year. And then um, the other couple of things that we do is I'm a teacher. I'm born to teach. And so once a month I do a workshop and it switches up basically like the subject, but pretty much I teach the same thing every time. And when I say that is like uh, exposure, you know, um, I, sh- I teach composition. I just teach the basics of photography, but I switch up like who we're shooting. Like, are we just doing one portrait? Are we doing like someone who's pregnant? Are we doing... Um, you know, whatever. And so I'll, I'll kind of like, we had musicians in one time and we did like musicians photos and they're a little more dramatic than like, say a regular portrait of a person. So like, we just switch up the lighting and like for maternity, I always talk about like the importance of her comfort and, you know, you can't ask a maternity client to balance on a little, you know, something small, you know, like be careful of their comfort and all that kind of stuff. And the third, your high heels at home. Yeah. (laughs) You know all about that. So um, but the third thing that we do is we host a live sketch night, which is really awesome. It's like um, creatives come out and they either paint or sketch, draw um, live nude models. And so that's just something really cool that we've been able to offer. And I love it. I mean, I, lo- I wish we could do more. I just don't have the time in the, <laughs> in the month to offer that many more events. But maybe eventually we'll wind up having like two nights where we, you know, like two different nights of one of those things. That's so cool. Do do you do these classes online as well, or is it all in person? It's all in person. Um, I've been thinking about maybe trying to do the the sketch night like remotely. You know but what you should do. I'm not exactly sure how that would work. Let me let me help you. Okay. Maybe maybe you could record them high quality, and that is your podcast. Oh. So how would that work if they're they're nude? Like, that's my issue is that they're nude. Yeah, that wouldn't work. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to get in trouble with. I mean, I know on my website, I can post whatever. It's my website. So so when you teach, so when you teach exposure and, uh, you know, all the, you know, photography stuff, do -hmm. you teach with the nude model present or do you kind of do that? That's two different things. So the oh, live, that's, yeah, the live sketch yeah. night is the drawing, and that's the yeah. nude. I was talking about the other thing where you taught oh, yeah. the other stuff. <laughs> Sorry, you know what I mean? No, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, the workshop stuff. We, yeah, I could. Um, I feel like I'm a very visual in person. I like to teach in person um, mm-hmm. because I also because I came from a background of the camera rental company. I can work with any camera. Like, there's not a camera mm-hmm. really that you can't hand to me that I takes me like maybe five minutes to get a, acquainted with it, but then I, I know how to work it. And mm-hmm. so um, that's probably one of the biggest benefits of me being a teacher of 
that kind of stuff is that okay. um, everybody with like Sony, Nikon, Canon, it doesn't matter. You can come in with your camera and I can help you, you know, get the picture that you want. Cause honestly the settings are all the same. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just on different dials or in different menu options. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally makes sense. I mean, th- how much different can a camera actually be because you know, they're, they're all competing in the same space anyways. So Right. Um, There's definitely cameras with higher capabilities, you know, like in the low light situations, but they're all the same essentially as far as like ISO aperture, you know, shutter speed. That's all, all of cameras have that. So that's what you're setting. So you teach all, you teach all that kind of stuff in like you said, once, once a month or once a week. That's the workshops. Um, the socials are very laid back. I don't teach there. I just set no, lights up right. and shoot, but at the workshops, right. definitely dive into, um, you know, all the camera basics. And then I make sure I walk around and make sure everybody's walking out with pictures that they actually want. Like if they're See, getting pictures, right. Like I'm making sure that they're changing all those settings to get what they want. Yeah. Like it, if you recorded that and then. And then you, 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 like you added some commentary or something, or maybe even before or after, and you just kind of walk the people through, you know, you walk the online um, viewers through what you were doing or whatever. I don't know. I think that that would just make for an interesting way of interacting, not only with your people uh, that are there in person, but the people who are online wanting to learn this kind of stuff too. Um, yeah. Do you, do you, do you know if there's anyone out there on YouTube or that has a podcast about this kind of stuff? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of oversaturated. Like my podcast wasn't going to be necessarily like how to take a photo or how to edit a photo. It wasn't going to be like the typical photographer's mm-hmm. podcast. That's really over, overdone. Mm-hmm. Um, and like uh, mine was going to be focused on the ethics of photography. Like mm. why do we do contracts and why should you not be texting your client? Why should you keep it the email? And just like little business tips that, you know, I feel like are glossed over because again, people go to the Best Buy and they grab a camera and now they're a photographer and they just jump right in and they don't do the business side. And then they get in trouble because they didn't have a contract signed and now there's an issue and now they're getting sued. Mm. So, um, so, and a, a lot of people go, well, who cares? Why do you care so much about Bob, the photographer who doesn't use contracts? Well, Bob is making me look bad as a photographer. Mm. Um, our industry keeps going down because we're not holding each other accountable. It's just people grabbing a camera, calling themselves, you know, daylily photography of Georgia. And then hope, hope to God that's no beige real name, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, just going out and taking pictures and then, you know, they, they, they flake on a wedding. Uh, I've definitely done a wedding at the last minute because someone didn't show up. Um, I mean, it's just all kinds of stuff that happen in this industry where people are not, they just don't have the work ethic that. Uh, some of us were built with. So, so why is email preferred over text? Um, well, um, there's a couple of re- two main reasons. One is that you want to keep a thread of information together that you're talking about. Let's say it's a wedding, super important day, right? You don't want to have your information on a Facebook message and then a text and then also an email and then whatever, right? You don't want to spread all over so you can't, because in your mind, you're like, oh, their wedding's coming up. I need to go check a detail. And then you forget where that detail is. You want to make sure everything is all together in an in email thread, or you can go to the your email app and type in their name. And at least if it's not in one email, it's, you know, it's there. It's all together. Mm-hmm. Um, the other really important part of it from our point of view as photographers is that if you are answering text messages, it feel, and especially Facebook messages, it feels like you have to respond immediately because it's a direct message. And that really takes away from my personal time with my family. Um, like 
for instance, today, you know, I talked to you this morning about, you know, being with my mother and doing uh, this medical procedure with, you know, being with her for a medical procedure. And I did have people like messaging me. And of course, I own a business and I have to respond to the one side of it. And I was thinking, I really need to hire somebody to help with this part because I needed to be with my mom and I needed to put my phone away. And so, um, but that's, that is a large part of it is like, you know, um, I want to answer emails to clients during email time. I don't want Mm -hmm. you to feel like, I don't want my clients to feel like they have immediate access to me. That's just not the way it works. That's actually really good advice for me as well. So I think that, uh, I I am going to see if I can try to start moving away from, um, direct messages and texts, but. Um, well, no, but I'm, I'm, I need to start doing that. The thing is, is like, I know everybody, I know everyone. So I feel like, um, I guess I haven't taken the time to really think about it in that manner, uh, because everyone that I know is, uh, or everyone that I have on the podcast, um, it's just a little bit more of a professional thing to do. Plus it helps me keep everything in order. And it allows other people to not feel as pressured. So mm-hmm. good advice. I'm definitely going to adopt that. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. That's awesome advice. Um, what else would you would you put on this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> because that that is, number one, a really, really good tip. Um, I would say probably, uh, like I've already mentioned, the contract thing. That's, that's huge. And photography, there's mm-hmm. a lot of people that feel like, um, oh, I'm just getting started. I don't need that yet. You know, da-da-da-da-da. And it's... it's so important to use contracts because it's it's a protection for you and your client and that's exactly how i describe them to my client it's not i don't come at them with a three-page uh contract and be like you need to sign this because i need to be protected it's really it puts me in check too because it says that i'm going to deliver by x date and i'm going to do this and i'm going to do this for you but also if a tree falls through my house and hits my computer and damages your photos. I'm not going to be all liable for that. It's just mm. a, you know, I mean, that yeah. hopefully not wrong, whatever, that'll never happen. But you yeah. know, it's just, you do have to protect yourself with certain things. And like, here's something very, let's, let me just like that. That's major, right? That's something major that would happen. Here's something that happens mm-hmm. all the time. That's in my contract that people don't think to put in their contract. Like, um, I was just talking to my boyfriend about this the other day is that one of the things that had to add to my contract was food at a wedding. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that are like, really, you have to tell people about having to be fed. And I'm like, no, it's not just about being fed. It's about being fed the food that the guests eat, because there's a lot of times, especially when you do high end weddings, which I, yeah, I know probably people are thinking, oh, I bet you get the best food. No. At the high-end weddings, they actually hand you a white paper sack with a turkey sandwich. That's it. And maple chips. Oh, yeah. Like, the caterers do not. You're not. You're a vendor. You're not special to them at all. And so um, when I sit and talk to my, uh, well, when I used to sit and talk with my brides, I would say, this is always a problem. Brides don't know this right? This Mm. is, they're planning their wedding. They probably haven't done this before. They don't know this Mm. is an issue with caterers. It's my job Mm. to educate them and say, Hey, I know you probably haven't even thought about this, but I'm just going to let you know that, you know, over the last 15 years, I've been served like a turkey sandwich and I've, I've been working for 13 hours that day. Definitely. I'm going to have some food that you're, you're feeding your guests with. (laughs) And I've never had a bride say anything, but Oh my gosh, yes. Why? Oh my gosh, don't ever let anybody give you a turkey sandwich. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. no, I don't, but <laughs> thank you. Gosh, that is but so crazy. Stuff like that, that you wouldn't even, you know, unless you've been there, you really don't even think, why would I put something about food in a contract? But it's very important. Like, it, you know, you've been working all day. You need food, you need sustenance. So, of course. I mean, <laughs> gosh, I, I would not have even considered not feeding the the people who are especially taking the photos. I mean, for God's sake, come on, you know? (laughs) Right. And you know, what's funny is like, we are the vendors who are usually there the most because. Well, you're there before, during and after. Yeah. I mean, you have people coming at the beginning, you have people coming in the middle, you have people coming at the end. We are there 
from the beginning to the middle to the end. I mean, we're there all day. And so like, we're one of the only vendors that you see, even planners will Mm -hmm. check out. Uh, as soon as the receptions hopping, they usually check out, they don't stay the whole time. And so, um, that's, that's one of my things to my brides too, is like, we have to get along because you're going to see me all day. Like I'm going to be in your face and, you know, like in a pleasant way, like not in a rude way, but like, I, I want to, yeah. I want to us to get along and jive. And so that's why I love your wife. Cause we like, we totally hit it off. So, um, but yeah, like that's, that's super important to me when I meet people and, you know, I connect with them and, um, I love, again, like I had a great experience with all of my weddings. Um, and I don't think I ever had like a bad bride. I really don't. Mm. The only issue I ever had was a mother. Um, that mm. was it. <laughs> it wasn't my mom, was it? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no. She was sweet. <laughs> uh, so what else are you doing at, um, at this studio? Like, or I, I, that's not the right question. The, the question that I want to ask is like, do you want to get to a place where you are putting the studio in good hands so you can do more things? Or do you think that this is something that you're just going to stick with and make it the best that you can and just run with it for the rest of your life? You, you seem like the former. So I named it the Hunter Studios for a reason because I don't feel like it's going to be the Hunter Studio. I feel like I'm definitely mm. going to be opening more than just one. Um, I feel like what I'm doing in this studio is building the business plan and how it's going to be successful. And so that way I can scope out the next location and then just copy paste into that mm. location. Um, I'm actually going to, I definitely know uh, when I open the second, uh, location, it's going to have a completely different look than what mine looks like right now. Um, if people Why are not familiar, that? yeah, my current, uh, location is rustic. It's like a warehouse. It has a very certain appeal to it. Um, but it's not that blown out white, clean look like an Apple store. <laughs> it's probably mm-hmm. the best way mm-hmm. to think about it. Like mm-hmm. that's what my next studio would look like so that you mm-hmm. can have, both options in Atlanta and, um, and yes, there's already studios that look like that, but they're not me and they're not, they're not running it like I would. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's my goal is to have like two separate, uh, studios that look completely opposite, but you get, you know, and, and bonus, if you are a member of one, you would be a member of the other. So you get the access Mm -hmm. to both studios, which is something that doesn't really happen at other Mm -hmm. places. So, that's a that's a very unique uh, take on this whole thing. Mm. Maybe maybe one day you'll have a big enough uh, place to put both studios in one building. Yes, that would be very nice. I would like to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's um, really cool. Because people are, uh, I kind of want to explain one thing too. That was uh, a challenge for me in the beginning. Is that of course, again, you you mentioned that I was a photographer for some years and all that. So when I opened the studio, the immediate thought from my circle and my friends and my family were like, oh, congratulations, Julie, the photographer has opened a studio for herself. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes and no. So yes, I'm a photographer. Yes, I take pictures there. But the goal and object of the place is actually to rent it out. And so I had to drill that into you know, everybody like, this is a rental, this is a rental, like come rent it for me. I'm building this for you. And I used to Mm -hmm. liken it. I used to uh, say that I'm the kid that got the brand new playground set in the backyard. And I'm saying, Hey, y'all come over and play with me. It's not just mine, like come play with me. And so, um, that's how I see it is that I have this brand new fun playground, like come play, like come take pictures in it. And so, um, the challenge is, is making sure that people understand that it's not Julie's studio. It is a studio for everyone to use. Why do you think that that was such a hard concept for people to understand? Because they're okay. A lot of times, I mean like a lot of times a photographer will open like their own studio and then on the side when it's not being used by them, they will rent it out. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's, maybe a day out of the month, maybe two days out of the month that they're free to rent it out. 
And so it's, it's kind of confusing when you hear, oh, Julie has a studio that she's renting out. Oh, that must mean that she has a couple of days that are open. No, 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 no. It is a rental studio and I shoot in it sometimes. It's like, it's basically like from like, you know, 1090 to 9010, if that makes sense. Like 90% yeah. of the time I want it rented out. 10% of the time I'll be shooting in it. Whereas the other way around is everyone else. Do you think that, do you think that that was hard to understand from other people because there's not a whole lot of that going on um, currently? Yes. And like the other studios that do what I do are huge. They're like big studios in Atlanta. And uh, so like, I would just say, I'm kind of like studio space Atlanta, but on a small scale, <laughs> like they have yeah, yeah, a yeah. huge warehouse and, um, and we're friends I actually know Daniel and I was giving shout outs on Facebook and stuff, but like, you know, I'd say that's my, that's my big brother. That's my, that's my goals, you know, but like, I'm just a little, I'm a little tiny warehouse in Marietta, but that, that's what we do is we rent it out all the time. That's awesome. Do you, uh, do you hold, um, like awards like the, the, the Dundies, uh, during the holidays, <laughs> uh, for the your, I should do a Dundee <laughs> night, but then I'd have to you come should. up with a blank drum for you to go with. <laughs> that would, that sure would be amazing. <laughs> Yeah, that would be awesome. The Hunties. The hunties. <laughs> I should do that like once a year. My anniversary is coming up like in October. And I've been trying to figure out like what to do besides like, you know, the typical like, oh, have a sale or whatever. I just want to do something fun. Maybe have like a party once a year or something and celebrate because it's, yeah, you know, like coming out of COVID and like actually yes. running a business. Uh, kudos to anybody who's still going <laughs> at this kudos point. Kudos to you. Kudos to you for starting your business in 2020. How was that process like trying to work all that out in the middle of a pandemic? Uh, I'm just really stubborn. I mean, to be very blunt, I'm stubborn. <laughs> I was like, yeah. this is something I want to do. And I think maybe I got in this building at the price that I did because of what the situation, like, I don't think that I would get it for the price that I, I have it for now. You know, if it, if it hadn't been, because, you know, everybody was kind of desperate at that. And during that time, right. it was like, yeah. everybody's trying to get some business. Everybody's trying to do some business. And I just happened to swoop in and find this place. And I was like, I told you, I felt like the price was too good to be true. And turns out it wasn't. I mean, it's not like I don't have any overhead. I definitely have some overhead, but it's, I mean, compared to the places in Atlanta, I feel like I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing really good. What were some of the biggest challenges during that time for you? Um, building the customer base. Um, cause you know, like, of course, when you first open a business, you have friends that you tell and Hey, and they're all like, yeah, I'm going to come buy from you. I'm going to rent from you. I'm going to give you business. And then, they don't. <laughs> and then they don't, or, you know, it's just, I mean, it was also COVID like literally people are trying to find business for themselves. You know, like it wasn't just like them not coming to me, but it's like, they're trying to, they're trying to get business too. And so, um, my gauge of how I was going to do was talking to Oscar, the owner of Aperture and saying, Hey, are people coming and renting cameras right now? Or are you guys in a slump? And he goes, no, we're doing really good. And I'm like, cool. Cause if people are renting cameras, that means they're going to come and rent from me too. So I was yeah. like, all right, I just need to hustle more. And so like, yeah. I am. Uh, I, I really do hustle well when I, when I'm doing it. So, um, thankfully I have, again, tons of connections on Facebook with different groups. Um, I do have an in with a few of the owners of the groups and so they don't mind me advertising. Um, and the APG, the really big group, there's only two studios that get to be advertised at all. And that's the main one and me, and that's it. Nobody else gets to advertise in there, which I feel like that's a huge, uh, blessing for me, uh, from Mark. So. So what we're were some 12, of your greatest, members. what's that? That's we're talking about 12,000 members in that group. So. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's huge. What yeah. were, what were some of your greatest rewards from this time building your studio up? Um, I think just finally having a studio that was like my own, you know, that was probably, I was telling somebody the other day, they were walking through the building with me while we were, um, I can't remember who it was. We were doing a shoot together or talking about something and they were like, you know, how, how's it been or what was it like for you or whatever. And I said, 
man, there were times that I just came in here when nobody was here mm-hmm. and just was just sitting on the floor and cry and be like, uh, yeah, I'm finally here. Like I, this is yes. my name is literally on the wall. Like it's mine. This is nobody else did this for me. Like I did this, I did this, you know? And so, I mean, of course I've had support and people helping me. Of I don't want to like kind of act like I'm a loner, but, um, but, when, at the end of the day, Julie pays the bills. <laughs> at the end of the day, Julie does the marketing. At the end of the day, I clean up the bathroom toilets. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I do it all. I do everything from top to bottom. So, I mean, yeah. no pun intended. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's been like really, really amazing to, uh, first of all, just make it through Cause there, w- there really was some time in, in the winter that I was like, nobody was coming out. And I was like, Oh Lord, am I going to have to fold it? You know, like, what am I going to do? Can I get out of my contract? I mean, my lease and all that. And, um, I was just like, man, if I could just make it through this, then I, I think I can make it. And so that's, I mean, it, it's crazy. Like I, sometimes I'll have like a week where nobody contacts me and then I'll have like three days where just I'm flooded with work and it's just amazing. That's awesome. Julie, thank you so much for taking the time to spend with us and for <laughs> sharing your story. Um, can you let everyone know where to find you online and in your studio? Oh, sure. Um, so the website is thehunterstudios.com. And pretty much everywhere, anywhere there's a thing, I'm there. Like TikTok and LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram and all the things. Twitter, uh, it's The Hunter Studios. So um, that's, uh, my logo's everywhere, all over the social media accounts that I have and stuff. So it's pretty easy to identify. It's funny because I keep trying to grab like that username everywhere, like the Hunter Studios. And there's some people that already have it in some other places. I'm like, you're not even using it. Like, give it over to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You go to the website or whatever, you know, and then there's like not even used. You obviously have the URL, but it's stuff like that. Yeah, I get oh, it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Totally grab that one. But, uh, you know, because awesome. I, I think I, I, it was, um, someone was like, why did you go with the Hunter Studios? Like, <laughs> it sounds so, and I was like, Tez. That's sort of. <laughs> like, it's not a Hunter Studios, it's the Hunter Studios. The, so, the one and only for now right. until there's another one Shoot. with the, with the shiny white stuff. <laughs> right. Exactly. Julie, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. It's so good to That's see cool. you and hear your voice and hear <laughs> your story. You're doing great things. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right. Bye now. Bye. Bye everybody. That's our show. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.